and we're back. Hi, everybody. Hello. It's FLF. Uh, tonight, we are joined by special guest Ty from the Tie That Binds. Ty, tell us about yourself. Hi, guys. It's really good to be here. Um, I'm Ty from the Tie That Binds podcast. Um, longtime listener for as long as you guys have been on the air, I've been listening. So Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I'm happy to be here. I, I told Rich before you guys logged on. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. You guys are doing good stuff. And, Thank you. Uh, and, and I'm just interested to hang out for the night. That That's why I'm here. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm here to hang out. And uh, I got some forewarning. We're going to talk about some interesting things. And that's what I'm here for. A good hang. And hopefully we'll have some laughs. And uh, that that's what it's all about. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, so tonight we are talking about the land between the lakes monster. Um, But before before we get into that, uh, we were talking about this pre-show about the differences between North Carolina and South Carolina, more than just geographical, (laughs) because you are you are one of our friends from the north. So we certainly appreciate you being on the show tonight, but just kind of a general rundown. So South Carolina. They're the ones who started the Civil War. And uh, like that's, that's kind of kind of the big split right there, right? So um, is that is that fact? Sorry, my yeah, ignorance. No, they were the first state to sedate because they wanted to keep slaves. And, and uh, it wasn't even the first time they tried to leave the Union. They did it like two or three times over ridiculous things. A lot of times. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got terrible barbecue. <laughs> They've got strange accents. Uh, so in North Carolina, we we have two barbecues. It's pulled, pulled pork barbecue. Uh, the Eastern North Carolina barbecue, which is the best barbecue, is vinegar-based. Oh, yeah. And then as you go west, you run into somewhere along the line, somebody got hit in the head, and they decided to put mustard on that shit. It's just, we don't need that. It's disgusting. Look, I would I rather have barbecue from New Jersey than South Carolina. 100%. It's, it's terrible. Absolutely. And, and then so, their so university. Before you, go, before, sorry, you go, go before you go any further, Rich, um, I don't want to change the subject, but I'm actually a barbecue enthusiast myself. Um, nice. I've got I've got an entire fleet of barbecues in my backyard. Whether it's a smoker, a pellet smoker, a charcoal, numerous gas grills. I didn't know there was a difference between North and South Carolina barbecue. Like I knew there was Carolina barbecue, but I didn't know it was divided North and South. Well, it's div- well, North Carolina barbecue is divided east and west. And then South Carolina, our, I don't know, ugly cousin, likes to chime in and say they did something, but they didn't actually do anything. So it's it's there. I'll send you, I'll send you a recipe. I'll send you I'll send you some things you can check out because the the, the so it's vinegar based. It's vinegar. It's it's a uh, usually you have a vinegar, some um, a crushed red peppers, some spicy stuff mixed in with it. It's pretty good. Pepper based. Um, and then on top of that, there is the University of South Carolina. And the state, for some reason, claims that they're the first college in America, which is huh. empirically false. It's 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 laughable because it's you. How can you not know <laughs> that you're not? Yeah. I don't know. It's we can University of North Carolina was the first one. And then we beat them by a hundred years, and they're like, "No, no, we we were the first. The and their school, I think they're called the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks. Also, another thing is going back to the food. 
for some reason they love they love pimento cheese for some reason they just love it and i i don't understand that one can't i can't get jiggy with it myself what exactly is pimento cheese i mean buddy if you have to ask right you can't afford what is it a anyway. pimento <laughs> I have no idea, dude. There's not I've a single soul in the world that knows what pimento is. That's why no. I've had it before. Um, <laughs> that for me was a. Uh, I got it at Biscuitville, which is a it's a it's a, it's a southern chain where you can buy it's basically biscuits, right? Um, it was a uh, want to say chicken and pimento cheese thing. Yeah. Uh, that was a waste of set. Like, however much I paid for it, I was like, this is a bad idea. They shouldn't have mixed those two things together, but they did. I fell for it, and that's on me. Right. Uh, now, uh, if you remember back home, they had that giant chili festival, and there was one tent they would serve um, their chili, a cinnamon roll, and a pimento cheese slice, and I would eat the chili, then the cinnamon roll, and the pimento cheese sandwich went in the trash. It was like a, a routine. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about the Chili Festival in Havelock, man. I know that uh, one, I think I want to say it was one of the, we went there one year. Um, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm thinking about a different one, but I'm pretty sure at least you were there, Dan. I know Sherman, Sherman and I were there. We were on the quarter machine where it's like you put the quarters in and it like pushes quarters forward. And we were I mean, yeah. absolutely raking it in. And then the, the carny came over and told us we were shaking the box and made us leave before he called the cops. That was bullshit, yeah. man. But I remember I could, I could barely barely keep my pants up because I had like $14 worth of quarters in my pocket. You guys are cheating. You're stealing all my meth money. Stop it. <laughs> That's what it was. That's uh, exactly what it is. Nothing like some now, good old-fashioned One carnies. other thing about South Carolina is they have Bill Murray – but uh, they claim that he lives there, but I really think they're holding him captive. There's no way. There's no way they're not. Right. Well, what, are some, what are some notable North Carolinians? Uh, us. Notable North Carolinians? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yes, there's definitely us. Well, there's well, the Wright How brothers. do you say it? How do you say it? North Carolinians. North Carolinians. North Carolinians. It, depending on where you're at in the state, the accent sounds a little bit different. I'm not even from North Carolina. I just know South Carolina's better. Or I'm sorry, South Carolina's worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, we're the first in flight. The Wright brothers came down from That's Ohio, right. rightfully so. Another one of our awful, awful states, and they flew the first plane in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Pepsi Cola was invented. Greatest basketball player of all time, North Carolinian. He's an yeah. asshole, though. Yeah, but and you know what? Nineties Jordan was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got to give it up to the goat. Yeah, you give me just can't do it. If you like but, the books, The Notebook and A Walk to Remember, or any of those, the author he's from here. Um, actually, actually, our town we're from, and I've heard he's a giant asshole and he doesn't tip well from all the weight staff. Big asshole. Huge yeah. assholes. His name's Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Nicholas Sparks uh, fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. He's not nice. We also have um, so there's uh, Zach Galifianakis. So there's assholes yeah. in North Carolina as well, though, right? Oh, 100%. yeah. 100%. We're just better at being assholes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so well, we're that's the general rundown North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, now, I, I will say clear, that. Thanks for clearing up that mess. Yeah. Oh, this, no problem. Um, 
this uh this the the land between the legs monster has has really I was really behind Kentucky after our goblins episode. That's re- that's completely changed after doing research into this one. Uh not you fun. Know, you know what though? We get to include another great American president. We do. Really? <laughs> so there's some fun stuff in this story. But the old I, I, Moose I, Ryan be, Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> nice. So before before we get started, I, I do I do want to address something. So when I was reading about the story, I was listening to some different podcasts and different YouTube videos, and there's a few different articles and blogs that I came across. And there's just loads of blatant and egregious bullshit out there. Yes. Uh, There was one in particular that was so bad. Like, I I wish I could force them to watch just like hours of the Barney intro song, Clockwork Orange style. You want to torture them musically. Yes. Yes. As much as I possibly can legally, whatever, whatever the enhanced interrogation tactics are that we use. I want that Geneva Convention version of it. Right. But right. uh, one one in particular was uh, I, I'm not going to give that person or their name any type of platform. But in their article, they talked about three people who actually died tragically, and they attributed the uh, their deaths to the uh, LBL monster. Mm. A simple Google search showed one of them was a service member. They were killed by a drunk driver, and the other person was uh, murdered by one of their clients. I guess their their line of work is more dangerous than most uh, without saying anything degrading there. Uh, yeah. Those people they, I mean, they, they deserved better than to have their names associated with the creature and just some assholes blog. Um, that's, right. And that, that wasn't the only case I found with just like straight up outright lies about this. There was another one I found that alluded to an incident in the Ashland cemetery where two cops were allegedly mm-hmm. cornered by the beasts, but there's absolutely nothing to support that claim. Uh, when I was right. looking through, like just to find some of the back, just, just something to back it up. Cause I thought it was a really cool story. Um, I didn't find anything. And this is supposedly happened in the eighties, which as you know, there were things called newspapers in the eighties. <laughs> you could find stories like that. Right. And now what I did find, and maybe we'll look into this in the future, is the cemetery to happen was the Ashland Cemetery. Uh, Ashland. There's is it fun, Ashland City? I I would assume so. At least Ashland, yeah. you know, incorporated. I, I didn't get too far gotcha. into that. But I, I do know that there's a ton of um, ghost stories out there. Yeah. And oh. out of like... Yeah, the several that I read, I mean, there were some pretty wild ones. And uh, there's actually a couple books and written, written about like ghost stories of Kentucky, things like that. It was pretty, it's pretty cool. But with that said, uh, there's some interesting elements to the story. Uh, this is a dog man slash werewolf story. It dates back hundreds of years. And I think it's important that we talk about the origins of the myth first. Uh, when doing some of the research for this, I know John, you sent me a link to um, bedtime stories, and oh, in that video, he mentions uh, the story started to circulate among French trappers in the area. Now, the French part, uh, which you being from Canada, Ty, maybe you can kind of chime in on this. Maybe there's some overlaps, maybe there's not. I know there's a French element up there, um, but the French part really sticks out to me. Because there's a long history of werewolves in France. 
Uh, most recently, there was the 1999 or 1997 American and Werewolf Paris, American American Werewolf in Paris incident. That uh, that really shook a lot of movie critics to their core. Yeah, but there's also the Beast of uh, Guendevra, Guendevira. I can't pronounce that. What's well, one of those fancy French towns? Uh, in that situation, there you go. Some science in there, Dan. Good job. Uh, that's in that instant, there was a, a monster that plagued the French countryside, and that was between 1764 and 1767. Now, this incident, which uh, we should probably do a, a pretty detailed story on this. I know, John, you mentioned uh, a movie about this topic as well, but uh, that that incident left hundreds of people dead. And then uh, according to history.com uh, local villagers became convinced that it was a supernatural entity and uh, it was supposedly a shapeshifter beast to human type situation going on um, some of the eyewitnesses described a canine covered in red and black fur and before too long newspapers across Europe and France were just covered in werewolf issues it was the hot topic of the day and this is also on the heels of the um, I don't one of, one of the religious wars that was out there. I don't remember which one. Hundred year war, seven years. War, I don't. I don't know. But uh, before that, there's also the. Uh, I'm sorry, that werewolf topic, the beast right there, was so popular that King Louis actually sent monster hunters, which apparently was a job back in the 1700s, out into the yeah. woods to go find the monster. Oh, yeah. They didn't actually find anything. This is a werewolf. I'm guessing it probably said, "Oh shit, there's monster hunters. Let me let me just switch real quick." And well, they should have. They at least got to go out there with a tennis ball or something. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll have to fact check that. Were tennis balls invented back well, in the talking, day? <laughs> you're, you're you're talking about the French connection. If I'm not mistaken, is the Beauty and the Beast not set in France? Is that uh, is, he, is he not the definition of like a werewolf? You know what I mean, like. There's yeah, no wonder I see what that, you're saying. There's no wonder that there's a relation to the French. You know, wh- whether it's, you know, in the French corridor of the States, whether it's in Canada or in France. Um, I mean, that seems li- likely to me. Now, was w- was that set in France or was it just a French butler? I, I That's an excellent question. I, I, feel I, like, I, feel, I feel like it's in France, but... Now that you put me on the spot, I actually don't know. Mm. Ah, I'm a little disappointed, man. You seem like you came in so hot with that. I did. I did. I thought you knew something, man. (laughs) Hold on. He's onto it. He is onto something, though, with LBL, that area I was talking about last week, how that was Transylvania Company that owned that. The majority of the people before the French, I mean, the British started coming in there were French fur trappers and then, of course, the Native Americans. So there is going to be a lot of French connections to LBL. And that's if if you look on Google, here's a quick Google search with names like Bell, Gaston, and Lumiere, it's no secret that the Beauty and the Beast likely takes place in France. You Google it. That's what it came up real fast. Well, information goes God Google to you. So I'm not going to question that. (laughs) I just assume it's right. Now, I did uh, just to kind of get off the weeds right here. I saw a funny picture earlier 
of um it was one it was i don't it was one of those please explain the jokes to me situations where it was the little mermaid and the little mermaid and eric i believe they're like uh hey you can't talk that's perfect here can you write your name down and it shows ariel having a flashback to where she's signing her name to the contract i thought that was pretty funny i got a good laugh out of that <laughs> uh but I, I wonder i wonder like in the in the settings in which like the time in which that happened, how shocking would it have been that the woman knew how to sign her name? You know, that's that's that'd probably be an interesting, <laughs> like a realistic view of the Little Mermaid. Um ah, but anyways, that's the weird Disney fact for you there. Now, uh, I did see the encrypted wiki website, and they actually they actually had a pretty good write-up on the um on the monster's origin story. And I, I'm actually, I'm going to quote mm. from that right now. Uh, so one of the legends speaks of a man who left Europe in the 1800s uh-huh. to settle between the rivers. This man supposedly a, uh, had a disease that turned him mad after nightfall. It's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation there. Um, they uh, call disease, that sundowning. Sundowning. Yeah. It means something very different in the South. So right, it's, it's just a form of dementia yeah. that um I guess you know it's like anything else like after after um after the sun goes down I guess it's just one of those things that it, that's whenever it aggravates it or it, it just takes triggers it, it, triggers it that's the word I'm looking for it's the it's like yeah. the worst case of seasonal depression ever <laughs> soon yeah. as it's dark <laughs> you just go mad <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, the legend has it that it passed down to his children over the years. Um, they remain secluded because of this. So like they would never go to school or had the desire to socialize with others until one day they went silent. Many believed that the family had died. An investigation in the early 1900s revealed that their homestead was vacant and abandoned. So... Mm. There's that version of it. And then there are the accounts of a creature from the early American expansion into Kentucky. Tell of hunters disappearing in the woods and of strange, unnatural howls that echoed through the forest night. At this time, bison still roamed wild in Kentucky. And hunters would sometimes encounter mutilated carcasses of these massive animals lying half eaten in the deep grass with their throats ripped out by massive claws. Yeah. Now, John, you found several fun encounters, more recent encounters, and some, you know, maybe a little bit further back. Do you want to start off with the uh, the family camping trip? See, that's the one that. Um. So I I also found out that years after that the 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 boy that the only survivor of that that situation. When he grew up to be a man, he did not realize that there were people online that were um, quoting the story. And he reached out um, to a Reddit community and told his story. And basically what he said is he had a a family. They lived in um, they lived in a camper. And from time to time, they they were kind of like a traveling family. They didn't really have a, a set place that they stayed. But um, they would visit his area during the summertime, and he grew fond of their son. 
and they had a little girl. She was about nine years old at the time. But needless to say, you know, he was 15. The little boy was 13. So they become friends. It was like summer friends. You remember what it was like to have summer friends. Yep. You know? And uh, so uh, one summer, the family asked if he would like to go along, if he would like to join them. They, they were going to go to the land between the lakes in Kentucky and do about a week's camping trip. That's the part that gets me, though. It's like, whose parents just let, you know, their 15-year-old boy ride into Kentucky with a bunch of strangers on a week-long camping trip? I guess that's the only kind of thing that the 80s could bring, you know? Well, that's well, the mean, 80s. That was the, I was going to say, Dan, that, that's the 80s. That's what people did. Latchkey kids, yeah. right? Fucking Either see, you made it home fucking see you later. Night. See you later, Sally. <laughs> Fucking yeah, you made it home every Friday. night, or you ended up on unsolved mysteries. That's what the eighties <laughs> was. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly what it they, was. They they had they had to fuel the plots. I mean, otherwise, what was Robert Stack going to do? He's a American treasure. We had to get those kids out there. Had to. You you know that's that's kind of that's kind of an interesting gener like gener generational thing right there, right? So like those people were raised by people who like grew up in big families because kids just kept dying. So like they were used to just like, oh, well, you made it. Go work. You know what I mean? Congratulations. You're seven. Yeah. <laughs> so those people. I'm going to go to the sawmill, kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you mentioned, Richard. A uh, little side note real quick. I was talking to my dad about my daughters. You know, they're reaching the point where they're going to get their first jobs. And my dad was just like, well, they could, uh, they could work. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. They could work at the farm, you know, that's a good starter job. And I was like, Dad, the last thing I want to think about is my daughter's getting sucked into a cultivator. Like, it, you're so out of touch. You don't know how farms work anymore. I do know hey, a couple of tobacco farms down there. If, they, if they're really, really looking to get into the work, I can, I can hook them up. But your idea of working is like a grocery store or a convenience store or, you know, something, something easy. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully somewhere where there's currently less, uh, industrial store. accidents. It's the ideal world for a you know, 15-year-old girl, I would yeah. say. I don't know. Do you really want a 15-year-old girl working on a tobacco farm? No. <laughs> she Okay, okay. Now, 1982 girl are are like common place today girl because Common place today. Common place no. today girl, you don't want her working on a tobacco farm. Absolutely no. not. He's a the less yeah. the less videos of a tobacco farm that we can have, the better. And you, <laughs> you just don't get that with teenagers right now. Well, that right. that yeah, actually that actually happened. There was a kid that um, in North Carolina, first day on the job, he was 17 years old. They had to sign a waiver for him to work. The first thing his guy, like his supervisor, told him was like, "Load uh, these logs into the wood chipper. I've got to go to the store real quick." And he left when he came back. Apparently the kid, the machine got stuck, like uh, the, the logs got stuck. So he decided to start kicking the machine and he got sucked through it and was killed. Very first day, very first time ever working. Thank God he signed that waiver, right? You yeah. you have yeah. to throw away your best <laughs> boss ever cup, right? 
<laughs> you come back to work and it's just a bloody mess. You, you just I take mean, your mug and just, <laughs> you just I mean, let it go. If that shit happens under your watch, you probably never had the best boss ever cup to begin with. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I, I just out to anybody, I can't picture that conversation. The parents pull up and he takes his hat off and you're like, well, that's the damnedest thing that just happened. You know what I mean, man? <laughs> Well, you his, are his not, check will be in the mail. You know what I You're not going to believe this one. So anyway, Dogman. Sorry. <laughs> to continue on the story. I just had to brighten arrive, our day a little bit. They arrive at a campground in Kentucky, and the boy noted when retelling his story that he, he saw no other families were really in the park. And this is uh, a, just a gorgeous April spring weather. He said that it was it was it was non rainy, nice week, uh, good weather, good area, good buddies, good brews. You know the whole nine yards. But they thought it was a little strange. There were another fam, no other families camping out there that weekend. Needless to say, they get there. Um, the family, they start getting settled in. They start splitting off into teams. The girls, the mother and the, the daughter, she was nine years old. They split off into a team. They were going to go and do whatever it is that they do on camping trips because I, I wouldn't necessarily know because the guys went outside to throw around the Frisbee and shoot the 410 shotgun. You know what I mean? Mm. This is America in Kentucky. That's goddamn right. Goddamn right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So 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 camping in the eighties. Uh, the I can only assume it's not as magical as the wet hot American summer. But <laughs> there had to have been some tell you what, comments. It involves at least three different kinds of pigskin. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to explain that one. We got pork rinds. We got hot dogs. And we got tossing the old uh, football around. Outstanding, yeah. the best three. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes they just throw the whole pig on the on the cooker. To be honest, That's football the and everything. Well, That's the best way. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, how, how Tom Brady won his third Super Bowl ring, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Grill Grillgate. Grillgate. So so they're out in this majestic forest, and they're doing totally not creepy things. You know, he said in his retelling of the story, he said that from the time that they arrived to the time of the massacre was such a short, it was, it was just a few moments. Really? What he had said is that the father and son went out, throw the Frisbee, throw the football around, you know, just kind of play around. And they, they left him with the shotgun. They were like, hey, you want to do some target practicing? He was 15. He was the oldest of the kids. So he was like, of course, I want to do some target practicing. And a short while later, you know, fast forward a few seconds. <laughs> um, he said that he his 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 target practice was cut short by the fact that he noticed that one of the the, the youngest boy had started screaming. Right. Blood curdling scream, followed by an unnatural sound. He said it wasn't like a howl. 
It wasn't like um, a growling. It was just a sound that he will remember for the rest of his life as just not human. Okay. He goes out to see what the com the commotion is. He runs from the back of where the, the, the campering area was to the front where the father and the son were out. And he knew immediately upon gazing over there that his friend, the, the boy, was dead. And his father was trying to wrench a six-foot-tall dark-haired wolf creature from, uh, from, you know, from his boy, his lifeless boy. I guess that's the best way. So was he trying to eat? Was he trying to eat the son still? He said that he, none of the family members that were there that day, it particularly were eaten or even torn to pieces. It was just, it it was breaking their necks and biting them, and it just sounded like a like a, a dick. Kill. You know what I mean? Like a poor <laughs> kill. Asshole. Yeah, yeah that's, right. That's tough. If you run into a giant wolf, it's gonna be an asshole. <laughs> they tend to be like not that, a yeah. lot of not a lot of positive werewolf stories out there. Right. No. Um, moving forward. He said that at that moment in time, the father wrenched the shotgun from his hands and shot both the creature and his son at the same time. Oh, dang. It's a good call, but though. The boys, the one, the surviving. Good call. <laughs> hey, dude, look, if, if I'm on the ground. If and one's going to die, they both got to die. Well, if a werewolf has clearly bitten my throat out <laughs> and I'm alive, dude, give me, give, let me get one of the bullets. Exactly. Mercy kill. That's, that's, I thought about this before. No, nah, take me down. Don't, don't but, let, just end the five minutes early. You know what I mean? We can oh. leave, we can leave early. It's fine. <laughs> well, the kid's Bad not going to think like that. The kid's going to be sitting there like, dad, can you put my neck back together? You know, like he's not going to be thinking about mercy kills. Oh man. That's tough. At that moment in time, though, um, the wolf, see, it, it caught the boy across the chest and in the shoulder, and it also spread across the shoulder of the, of the wolf. And the wolf wasn't happy about that, you know, so he turned, he, he was going to ratchet up from, you know, asshole to just malevolent at that point in time. And he turned towards the father and charged at him. And, uh, <laughs> bullets just weren't going to stop him at that point in time. I believe the father may have cracked off another shot before the wolf got a hold of him and also took, took the father down. Okay. At that point in time, um, the boy, the 15-year-old boy, said that he was going to pray that the women were going to be all right, the little girl and the mother, but he ran and hid underneath the camper and pulled himself up into the frame and held himself there as long as he could possibly hold his own body weight and pray that the wolf did not find him underneath of the camper. I get that. I At that time, he said that he knew from the sound of the breaking glass and the, the, the screams and then muffled whimpers 
slightly after of the two women that that the wolf had made it inside the camper where they were at. Ooh. As he's holding himself up and listening to uh, the commotion that's going on inside the house, he said that another creature had approached. What? And it had started to make its way inside of the camper as well. Do we know this is decided like a, that at that point in time he was going to have to just make a break for it? He was gonna have to just if he was gonna survive, oh, he was gonna have to get out of there. Hold on, like backtrack a little bit. So, like, we got competing monsters here, like a Freddy versus Jason. I was gonna say, is this Godzilla King Kong situation, or is this are we have do we have two mammals? Like, oh no, is this a lizard man thing going on? What we it's got, what the we Avengers of the uh, of the wolf world. The dark That's what it is. Yeah. So it's a secondary wolf. It is a second wolf creature. Okay. Man, what a shit! What shit luck camping. As um the second one moves into the camper, he decides his only chance of survival is to make a break for it. And that's what he did. He took off running full speed as far as he could run. All the way through the park, out the park, down the road, and stopped the first car that he saw. Um, and he, he said that the first words out of his mouth was that they're, they're all dead. You know, like, he <laughs> knew it. There was just no, like, anything that takes a shot from a, from a shotgun and pursues right through the bullet to your, to your attacker, I mean, you know, that's like the Liam Neeson of uh, of uh, monsters, if you, you ask me. You know, who <laughs> who knows what he's mad about? But he's I'm pretty. I mean, he's already throat chopped a few of them. You yeah, know, dude, like, well, you know, I have a certain not set. That kid out to the farm anymore? You know, his arm. I have a off. certain set of skills used as a wolf man to take down your family if you cross me. The Taken, anybody Taken reference? No, um, it's no. So, no, me. Daniel, we're talking about Liam Neeson. If it's not a Taken reference, I don't want it. Right, the first one. You know, it seems yeah, like you got Taken the, the first one, and then Liam Neeson movies just start going. <laughs> I don't know if I can even name a second Liam Neeson movie. Taken two, boom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's made a couple of cameos. He's he he got that niche, and then they just started writing checks for him. And he just keeps just keeps cashing them. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a taken like tr whatever six septilogy is, whatever that is. I don't yeah. know. Taken seven. He was seven. in that, he was in that he, fat Batman prequel too. Wasn't Batman he in? Uh, wasn't he in the uh, scary movies near the end? Oh, I don't know. Like the well, like the uh, latter scary movies? Maybe scary movie three. Was maybe he not? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I haven't seen those movies in a very long time. I I scary remember movie just two, scary movie three. Man. I'm sure he's uh, at the well, very end. Well, scary movie yeah. two for sure. Take my strong hand. Um, <laughs> take my strong I mean, hand. I don't think I. I think if I watch the third one, it's, I definitely. Because the chick that was in there, um, I don't remember what her name is. She's hilarious. She's she went on to star star in a, a movie called Smiley Face. 
where she just gets baked out of her mind and she like she eats too many pot brownies and a hallucinogen and she talks to the sun and she makes her way through Los Angeles and she gets on a Ferris wheel and Anna Ferris that's her name great movie great movie but yeah she's gotcha. she a couple a couple good movies there but now I know Liam Neeson well I know he was Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins that's ah funny. there we go the yeah, fast Batman right. you said fat so, Batman he was fat in that movie bro. Christian Bale? Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and rewatch that one, man. Because I, 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 the only time I've ever it was seen right after he did the movie. It was right after was he did dick. that movie, uh, Vice, Machinist. Dick. The Machinist. And uh, so he went from, I think he weighed 217 in The Machinist, which he's the same height as no. I am. No, he weighed way no, less. Wait, he I'm like- sorry, 130. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, that wasn't his crackhead. Was that his crackhead movie? I know he did a couple mm-hmm. crackhead movies. Yeah, but yeah. yeah well, movie. if you're comparing, if you're comparing anybody to crackhead size, they're going to be fat, John. They That's said that the he, was, like, he went from that movie to to uh, Batman. Batman Begins, and in order to put the weight back on, he had to drink a bunch of like melted down like, milkshakes. Yeah, bulk yeah. up. He had a bulk. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm not I'm not okay calling him fat. But is he bigger than a crackhead? Yes, I'll give you that, John. Okay. Ty, what do you so, think? I know I know you're an incredibly polite person. If you don't want to say fat, that's fine. Let's see <laughs> plus size. No, no, it's all good. No, he's fat as fuck. I I've seen, <laughs> I, I've seen all these movies. I just I don't oh, really man. remember to be honest with you. Okay, oh, so anyways, so we had competing wolfmen is what you're saying, and the boy said they're like everyone was dead, and was one of the wolfmen fat? Just out of curiosity, John. Yeah. Well, they weren't eating them. Been, you know? They were sport killing. Uh, I, I guess I'll, maybe you have uh, you got one that, that does the dirty work and the other one that just shows up to eat. You know what I'm saying? So it's the boy son who does. So this story, do this story <laughs> is based off of nothing more than just a young boy who's hanging underneath the motorhome. Is that correct? That's like I, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. That's I, I not reveal. Now I will say I will say if Liam Neeson's there, I could outrun Liam Neeson. I could. So if he's there, if he doesn't kill them. We're running together. I'm tripping that son of a bitch. He can take his skills all the way to the mouth, like whatever eating us. You could definitely outrun Harrelson Ford. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I can't outrun Harrelson Ford's bodyguards. That's all that really matters at the end of the day with these attacks, as long as you can run faster than the other person. Like, uh, I want to sit there and think that I would try to be a hero if I was, like, camping out in the woods with family and stuff. But when it comes down to it, I really don't know. I, I might just be like, see ya! And I'm, I'm just bolting as fast as I can. I've never been in one of those scenarios. I feel like at that point in time, everybody has um, signed a waiver, if you will, that uh, you're on your own. When, when the giant wolf creature shows up, you know, if you don't run for your life, then that's on you. Here's a question for everybody. How fast does everybody think they can run? Like, realistically speaking. Like, I'm going to get eaten. Like, how fast <laughs> can you run? Like, can you run the 100-yard dash 
like quickly or you you need to get fucking eaten asshole first oh that's right that's, that's how, they, how do they, do they do it too, too. yeah well, no, that, that, you know so seriously like let's not lie to one another like are we athletic can we run can we actually run or not i have been actively working on running for the last year good for you i'm averaging i'm averaging about six miles an hour but Believe it or not, like, in a short well, distance, I could probably go a lot faster. But John, John's like seven foot fucking tall, all legs. He can cover some ground. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can, John. Yeah, I, I'm either gonna stand and fight like uh, George Zimmerman, or I'm gonna get the hell out of there the best I can. Um, I mean, like I, I could run, but realistically, I'm. I know I'm not gonna be any match for a wolf man. So I'm just going to try to punch it in the jaw a couple times. Get a couple h- hits in, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not know fighting, I'm not fighting a Wolfman fair. I'm kicking him straight in the dick, dude. 100%. You're not nice. going anywhere near that thing's mouth, man. <laughs> I've been bit by a dog before. Fuck that. <laughs> do they, I mean, like, how are, are these creatures just, like, interdimensional? Like, do they have families, too? Like, or do they breed with the wolves? Or something like that, and create like a hybrid. I, I read somewhere that there was an Indian chief that, uh, when he was when he was run out of his lands and all the things that he had dealt with with the early settlers, that he had placed a curse to turn himself into um into an animal to get his revenge. Gotcha. Yeah. That was one thing that I had seen. No, that is one thing that uh, is common with all this lore from... Because we've been doing a trilogy about the Tennessee-Kentucky area. It all was built over top of Indian burial grounds. Because that's... John and me are from that area originally. That's uh, what made us want to talk about it. And uh, I know one town in the LBL area is actually called Indian Mound. Because there's a bunch of burial grounds. And they just built the town right over they built schools and everything my mom lived out there and she would say they had like ghostly encounters that uh you know we also live near a cemetery too but um I-, I guess i would believe well at this point i don't know what to believe when it comes to wolf creatures and and whatnot and and like the point he, he brought up earlier it we're going off of what he said the little boy um I know that there wasn't a lot of evidence otherwise for what happened there that day. So what he had said about that was he, he had returned home to his family and he just knew that after that weekend, that it was going to be all over the news and wait, what family? He didn't return home to a family. They all died. I thought that wasn't his family. No, that wasn't his family. Those, those were the gypsies. Yes. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Which so, I mean, they're um, I'm sure they're you know, not not to stereotype too much, but I mean, depending on how they were living, like they're they they could have been cursed. Curses are real. Well, most gypsies, it's either apparently cryptids or like they get attacked by trains. You know, it's one or the other, I guess. The occasional hunchback. <laughs> well, so, so like t- talking about, wasn't there another um, story? There's there's a couple. Can I can I jump? jump in real quick so yeah when we're talking about like werewolves so this is something i I learned earlier so the first the first at least at least i think i want to say the first known um 
werewolf story is it's an old Greek, ancient Greek mythology. Yeah. There was a king. Uh, he somehow ended up in a situation where he killed his son and tried to feed him to Zeus, tried to pull a Cartman on him. <laughs> nice. And uh, the Zeus, being in all his wisdom, turned the dude into a wolf. And that's ah. his name was like, uh, I don't remember his name's Leviathan or something like that. But that's kind of that's with like one of the origins. Leviathan. Yeah, it's not, I don't know, it was something close enough to that where it's like, OK, well, now they're called lichens. So there you go. Ah, OK, so that that, you know, that out of all the weird origin stories that I've heard for some of these things, like even like the dogmen that we talked about in past episodes, you know, having a a trickster god just transform somebody into a wolf because they're assholes is the most believable. Yeah. Actually, um I I've got a pretty good explanation for what happened. So uh like I said when he returned home, uh he knew it was gonna be all over the news, but to his surprise there was no mention of it at all. And he was like, well, I, I guess maybe it's a cover-up. They're covering it up. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I believe that it could have been a cover-up is because actually during this time in the 80s, uh, the Land Between the Lakes, which is a giant reserve for wildlife. A, and a wildlife refuge. In National Forest, yeah. And um, so during that time the land between the lakes released a lot of non-native animals into the area. And one of these animals was the uh, American red wolf. Yep. And um, there Black was. Black panthers. What, what, the, what the problem was is in there, in where the red wolves were actually from, the coyotes, because a coyote is more of a pack animal and they, they hunt more in packs, they had ran amok in there in where the red wolves native land is and started reproducing and a lot of the game that the, the wolves were competing over. There wasn't as much food and it was just, there was a lot of hardships. And of course the wolves, they, they got a completely different mentality when it comes to hunting. Mm. So they they had brought they had brought the species out there to the land between the lakes because they knew that it would thrive a little bit better and it was a place that they it would be protective and they could watch over it. Yep. Needless to say, you know, anytime that you bring an animal that isn't from that area to a new place, there's going to be encounters. And I think that could have been it is they were just trying to cover up the fact that maybe the their plan wasn't working like it i got you because they uh they brought other types uh they like i mentioned a minute ago they brought black panthers to that area and that was a big rumor for a long time until they finally came out like yeah we we did do it we did bring panthers to this area or is it panthers or is it like a a mutation john fun fact about that is there are um, there are certain breeds of large cat like 
mountain lions, cougars, and other things that has a mutation that will cause their fur to be black. But there is actually no panther that is found in North America. I gotcha. But uh, it is a wildlife refuge. And for them to bring these big, like, near extinct animals to that area and not ex- like not think that they wouldn't just hop the fences and start traveling abound. I'm surprised we never had any like that in our backyards. Like we had to deal with coyotes and bobcats and stuff. No wolfmen. Cougars Cougars are a very real thing. And I know that we talked about it in like the beast of Bladenborough. Yeah. There are people like that pictures there. You can say like, there are plenty of sources that say that there are no cougars in this area, but then there's also plenty of people who have seen them. There are pictures of them out there. And then there's the Tennessee connection where I believe that there was seven confirmed Panthers at one point. Like you can see it on the Tennessee national, whatever state wildlife commission website. So, I mean, that's a real possibility. And when you talk about hearing loud screaming noises, uh, it's, you know, Cougars in particular are said to sound like a woman or a baby crying. And yeah. bobcats, bobcats are fucking scary as shit. Have you, That's have you heard this? Sound. It's terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't go in the woods ever again. If I was like, if I was out there in one particular area and I heard a bobcat scream, I'm fucking gone, dude. If I don't okay. know what a bobcat is, I'm leaving hundred percent. And a lot of people, they, when they think bobcat, they think, you know, maybe just a little bit bigger than a house cat, but no, they're like three to four feet. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah, they not. get some size to them. Exactly. Same with the red wolf. A lot of times that was something that I was going to say, it would be easy to mistake a wolf. It, you know, the first time you, someone encounters one in the wild, because a lot of people have only had experience seeing dogs, but yeah. Wolves, I mean, if you stand a wolf on its hind legs, it, it would easily clear foot six foot tall. Yeah. Small and, animals. And I think they've actually had instances where they've found, like, people have had videos of wolves kind of walking bipedally, not for a long distances, but like you said, this all happened in the matter of moments. So if it was kind of like creeping up, on just its hind legs, I could see where someone would be like, that's a wolf man right there. Now, the man's description for what he saw that day, he said that it was a six-foot-tall creature with a smaller snout than um, most canines. The ears were lower on the head and more on the sides. And he said that one thing that he remembers is like the 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 hair on the body was like it looked like somebody wearing a suit. It it wasn't like a, like a coat like a dog's coat normally is. It was just like it, he said that it looked like a, a man who was really hairy in a suit, and the legs were really muscular. That was one thing that he's in his description. He pointed out was that the the legs were really muscular and it looked like somebody who was really athletic. Did he, did he spend a lot of time, you know, going into detail about the, the wolf man's leg muscles? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And how mean. toned they were maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I'm not even, I'm not even lying. dude. No, that was, that was a real thing. That happened. <laughs> so um, I'm just, I'm just wondering here real quick, John, 
Um, so you're talking about these animals that may or may not be from this area, but um, what what's interesting to me from the, what little research I did is the fact that the government dammed off some of these rivers to create the uh, the land between the lakes. Yep. Um, what what do you suppose that had? What kind of impact did that have on on the natural resources? Like, did that impact the animals? Maybe. Or or, yes. or or these werewolves like did uh, did the fact that man itself intervened with nature and did something like did that have any impact on that? Do you think maybe? Absolutely, and it's it it reminds me of the uh, python problem that Florida experiences. You know, anytime that you introduce. Um, anything into an area where it's not supposed to be, it's going to thrive because it doesn't have any predators. And that's what Florida is going through because people, they would get these boa constrictors as pets and people don't realize that boa constrictors, they live a long time and they get really big. And when they would get too big for people to take care of anymore, they would just go out in the Everglades and dump them off. Huh. Florida sucks for that. We have uh, we have Florida. <laughs> There's alligators, crocodiles, and several types of exotic snakes that you just shouldn't see. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're just running amok. Now, um, I know part of LBL near one of the dams because there's a there's a steam plant down there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was just about to get to that. There was a barge that hit one of the bridges near the the dam. And they sent some divers down there and they said they were seeing like catfish that were longer than, than people themselves, like pushing like seven, eight foot in length. So, you know, people don't typically catch them. They're the ones that stay way down at the bottom and they just, they don't have to eat little, you know, bait from someone's fishing hook. They're eating like a 40 pound fish instead, you know. But that all could be a result of the fact that man got, intervened with mother nature and started damming these rivers off to create the LBL. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not from the area you guys are, but like, like when did that happen? Was, was there time perhaps for, for a wolf to maybe morph into one of these creatures? Is it like an evolutionary thing perhaps, or, Possibly, because uh, another thing too I'm is just trying um, to be objective. Is what is I'm trying to be more objective. Is is what absolutely I'm trying to do. no. I appreciate that. Another thing is uh, one second. My girlfriend is just like constantly blowing up my. Sorry, she she knows I'm recording right now. But anyways, um, Fort Campbell is right in the area too. And at one point in time, one third of the United States nuclear arsenal was kept in that area too. And uh, my dad actually used to work for the uh, the microbiologist that would test the waters. And he was telling me that at the water treatment plant one time, they found green glowing frogs that like during the nighttime, like you could see them glowing green. So uh, and, and uh, as for TBA, that was done in the 1920s and 30s. So I think it's possible that evolution could have uh played a part in that for sure yeah, evolution takes a long time and it's over a long species um not if you add now, radiation into it yeah not not if you get spider-man right 
But yeah, yeah no, I mean, we've right. all seen. Did you? We, I mean, we've all seen the episode of The Simpsons where that fish came out with three eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the the wolves in Chernobyl. Um, they noticed that they were overgrowing in size because um, uh, there was a Vice documentary where they went wolf hunting in Chernobyl, and they said that they were like pushing beyond the lengths uh, sizes that they were used to. That's what spurred them to want to go hunting there. So there's there's actually so there's there's a couple of things that I I want to bring up. Um, possible explanations for the early incantations of this story where people were going missing and stuff. So before we really colonized the fuck out of America, before we got all of it, right? Uh, Jaguars were a real thing here. Um, Now they were predominantly in, I just, I'd look this up just to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't misremembering anything. They were predominantly ranged through Texas and California, but there are, there is speculation that there were, their range did include uh, all the way to the Carolinas in the 1700s. Now, the last female Jaguar that they found in the United States was in 1963. It was a female and it was uh, found in the white mountains of Arizona. Now, that's, that, that's not, it's not a Jaguar nowadays. Uh, I'm comfortable saying it's not that Cougar, Florida Panther, maybe who knows. Uh, But I did want to say something about, about radiation. So there's actually a, um, one of the pockets I listened to, they started talking about how, when we discovered radiation, that the EPA wouldn't do anything with it because it was a naturally occurring mineral. Uh And so people were selling like radiation sprays for like, <laughs> <dick> pills <laughs> they were selling radiation pesticides radiation cleaners and like radiation water <laughs> filters did you the women <laughs> so, that used to paint the the women that used to paint the watches that like back in the day to make them glow they used to they like all thought it was kind of cool so they would paint their whole bodies and go home tonight to like what was sleep that? with their husbands radium Rad- was it radi- radium radium Radium, that's right. That's radium, right. Yeah. They would lick but, the paintbrushes so that it would have a nice point on it. But they would even like paint themselves at night and go home to have like freaky fun time with their husbands and they all died of like horrific cancers. Well, we certainly found new ways to make cancer. We we have that excelled must be, at that. That must be a southern thing. We don't do that here in Canada. It's a southern tradition. <laughs> This <laughs> worldwide, man. This was a uh, so like so they uh went so that, and I I can I, I cannot go into enough detail. I'll, I'll I I don't even remember the name of the podcast. I was listening to be honest with you, but like when we first discovered like X rays, like we the first thing is people didn't do it for like medical purposes. They just started no. X raying rocks and shit just to see what would happen. And then eventually somebody yeah. like I guess they accidentally shot themselves in the foot and they saw a picture. Like, oh shit, this yeah. works. Uh, but yeah, no, they, yeah, Canada, Canada's vic- Canada was victim to the radiation dick bills too, man. I promise you, they were. <laughs> I know. No, earlier we were talking, <laughs> we were There's talking lots about of the wildcat theory, <laughs> and I have encountered a wildcat myself in that area. There was one night, <clears throat> my friends and I, we were walking, and it was in LBL, actually. It was in the LBL. It was closer to West Faco than it was, though, which is West Faco is another giant 
National Forest and uh, Wildlife Refuge. But we had seen, and my friend kept insisting it was a dog. He was like, no, it's just a big black dog. It's just a big black dog. And at one point in time, that dog wrapped his arms around the tree and started, you know, shuffling up the tree. And I was like, there is no fucking way that's a dog. <laughs> As <right> dogs there. <laughs> do. Yes. Seen a dog Their do most that. natural habitat. Yeah. In the trees. Dog nests up in the trees. That was when I first did research into it, and um, that's when I found out there's a mutation in some cougars that causes their fur to be black instead wow. of, uh, you know what I mean? And, and it's a mutation, and it, it can happen with any animal. Any animal can be albino, or it can be, um, what's the word that they call it? I, I forget. It's not, it's it not the word. It's something like that. I always forget it, too. Yeah. You can have but, either pigment, either yeah, no pigment or have um, it's like melanated or yeah, not or something, something like that. I, I can't because yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's a melatonin pigment in there. Yep, there's even um, a form of black leopards that that's something they also they'll, they'll mistake for a panther, but I don't believe that there's actually um, a specific panther, it's just what you call um, a cat with this disease or this uh. Genetic, yeah, mutation. I'm gotcha. actually I'm going to go on record here and say that if you can tell the difference between a panther or a leopard and a jaguar, you're a nerd. <laughs> Take, taking a hard stance on that one, big scary cat. I can tell the difference between a leopard and a jaguar. You know how? Because one of them's going to be in the rainforest and the other one's going to be in Africa. I got one. It's because. Jaguars eat mescaline and they eat ayahuasca, and you see them whenever you go on your DMT trips and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers might come back to play football this year. <laughs> 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 he blew us out. So that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, is so, he getting so paid for sitting in his house? Fuck yeah, oh, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's how it works. Is he getting so, yeah, paid his entire Jets, contract? Probably the Jets, not. The Jets didn't take an insurance policy out on him. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, yeah. so I, so I'm a Packers fan, and have been for many years. Okay. So, so for me, this is hilarious to watch Rogers kind of scuffle a little bit, and mm. fuck the Jets, <laughs> fuck the Jets, yeah. and fuck them one more time. Fuck the Jets. Yeah, this is fuck fucking Jets. hilarious that he took yeah. four snaps and fell over. And they got to pay him full tilt. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the the Packers to Jets pipeline has not been a good one. No. Now the uh, the fact that Aaron, I'm pretty sure I, I don't want to get too far into football talk. But I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers ruined the Jets season by telling everybody he was coming back, yep. so they couldn't trade for somebody or sign anybody. So they just got stuck with <laughs> <Right>. Zach Wilson. <laughs> and that's and that's the most Ooh. typical Aaron Rodgers move there is. Great quarterback. Uh -oh. He's a bit of a douche. No, I'm. He's a hardcore. He's a hardcore douchebag, man. That's one thing about him. Like he's he's an amazing quarterback, but he he definitely has like jackass vibes coming from him, big time. Oh yeah, I've been watching him for 15 years or however long it's been. Yeah, he's a big fucking douche. Great quarterback, fun, but he's a douche. <laughs> I have a fun baseball nugget that I learned earlier today. Uh, Bobby Benita. 
So Bobby oh, yeah. Benitez famously, famously deferred most of his contract and every year for the last 25 years, he's been paid like $1.6, $1.7 million. Yep. So the Mets, the reason they were able to do that or the reason they signed that contract is because they were only paying him 8% interest. And then they had taken that money and invested it in Bernie Madoff's yep. So they were making, paying eight, making 15. And then they lost all their money for, for that contract because they were investing with a crooked, crooked jackass. Yep. So they were, they thought that they, they looked at it like, this is too good to be true. We're making money hand over foot. And it turned out it was too good to be true. Is that true, Rich? That, is that actually what yeah. was going on? Yeah, yep. that's a real thing. Now, that's hilarious I, because, I mean, every every July 1st, it was always kind of a joke that Bobby Benilla got paid again. Yeah, like yep. $1.6, $1.7 no, million. Dollars for, for, like, for, yeah, for a long time because uh, they cut him. I think it was in 99 or 2000. Yep. I think, I think, I think he Phillips, played like two years on a seven-year yeah. contract. And yeah, just I think gets paid yeah. His life. Steve, ESPN analysis, Steve Phillips was the GM that signed with that deal. I see. I seen yep. him quoted that he thought the – he went on record saying that he didn't think uh, Shohei Otani was worth that kind of money, and that when they found out that they were deferring a lot of his payments, he said, "Well, yep. I'm off the hook now for the Vanilla deal." And that's another well, so, thing too is like Bobby Bonilla Day is going to end in 2035, but Shohei Otani Day begins in 2034. So we get to keep on going. Like the the, the joke the, continues. Yep. And he'll be so long reti- retired by then, it's going to be hilarious watching the Dodgers pay out $68 million every year. Well, yeah. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure the I'm pretty sure the the world's going to end before then. So the Dodgers probably got out of like, I don't know, 100, so? 100 of the 700 million. <laughs> so, so jokes Ty, on I, you, we're releasing the Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus is real. Zombies are here. We're calling to the moon. <laughs> so, so Ty, I, I did. I did want to talk about your show for a little while, man. So you, yeah. you have been interviewing some very. You, you've had some fun interviews on your show. I have. Thank you. Yeah, I, I so think I have. Yeah. Just, just t- tell tell me about your show. Like, so why why are why are you making a podcast, man? Where, how did you get there? So it really started off, I told you before we hit record here, that uh, um, I kind of wanted to, I've, I've been toying with the idea of writing a book. Uh, me and my big fat mouth have been talking about writing an autobiography for a long time now. And uh, last November, I was at my brother's wedding, and uh, one of the groomsmen that was in the party kind of called me out on it a little bit. He's like, where's the book? You know, how are we making out with the book? And I'm like, I'm not writing the fucking book. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, what are you going to do about it? And as the bottle got passed around more, more and more, and I got on a bit of a rant, excuse me, and uh, one of the other guys said, well, maybe you should do a podcast. And I said, well, that sounds like an excellent idea. Um, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'll call myself a musician. Um, I got lots ah, of me instruments. Too. I, I, like, I like to play. And so I've got a recording studio and uh, I got a room all around me. I've got all kinds of musical instruments and uh, recording studio here. So it just, it was a seamless transition right into it. Um, I got a, a, a board here. I just hit record and started throwing it up online and, and people are listening. Uh, not too, too many people are listening. That's why I do stuff like this. 
you know, check out you guys. And, and I've been on all kinds of other podcasts and uh, spread the word. Hopefully people tune in and have a listen. And it's been all kinds of fun. I've been having lots of fun with it and, and doing stuff like this. This is all kinds of fun for me as well. Do you put your music online too? You know what? I don't. But what I do is the intro to every one of my podcasts is recorded by me. Nice. I've been thinking about doing that too. I, I also don't share my music either for, I don't know why. I think I'm just lazy. <laughs> well, it might be lazy. It might be self-conscious. Could be a little bit of everything. Um, I'm not, I'm not a vocalist necessarily. I don't have a, a strong set of vo singing vocals. So, so any episode that I record, I'll just do like a 60, 90 seconds of intro and and then as i do my you know my intro to the show you know welcome to the tie that binds podcast da, 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 da. and and you'll hear my music in the background so so for that so that for me forces me to become original and come up mm -hmm. with new riffs come up with new licks learn something even if i'm just gonna play a riff from a song on the radio it forces me to learn it get good yeah. at it and then it forces me to expand my horizons with the recording software or uh, the recording stuff that I got. And I tweak the dials and, and it just it forces me to do something creative opposed to just watching TV or catching a buzz or, you know, any other thing that's not productive. Spending 45 yeah. minutes on this really playing Candy Crush. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, just going on Facebook or Reddit or, you know, or just or just doing something stupid. So it just it forces it, 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 it keeps me moving and keeps me on my toes to stay productive and creative, which is something I've always struggled with. Okay. So I do want to ask, so I, I know you've talked to a, a, a few different podcasts. Is there, is there one that you enjoyed the most? I mean, us aside, obviously. So I was preparing for interviews and stuff like that. I mean, look, I, you, you care to expand on that at all? So I, I don't prepare at all. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I, I, I've been habitually under preparing my entire life. Um, I was on a show last week, uh, the drink o'clock podcast found him on Reddit. That was hilarious. It was just, just, we just sat there just like this, just on a, on the laptop and we just cranked beers and shot the shit. And, uh, talked about things i'm not educated in but it worked and it got a whole bunch of listens um you know doing this show i was on another show called the psychic plumage with a guy named lawrence he came on my show that was great um i was on a, a show called uh the big bro show talked about what i do for a living that was very well received and uh it's just been lots of fun just just to get out there and meet and meet guys like yourselves just just like-minded people and just have a good time and it's been lots of fun the reddit the reddit pot the reddit podcast community has been it's been a lot of fun interacting with a lot of those people um we uh we're not very good about going on other shows <laughs> <laughs> the, i've been i was scheduled to go on a show recently and he canceled and then I completely forgot about the second recording. I, was, I don't know what I'll do. I got a very, a very upset email. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, I spaced on that one. 
There's three of us. I could have filled in, you know. I could have been just like, I am the Richard. I am here for the show today. I do stuff and things. Yeah, well, that that works great when you know you're supposed to be there. (laughs) Yeah. So now in your in your interviews right there, now you've talked to a couple of people. Now I know a lot of them have been your friends, but the most recent one you did, I haven't had the chance to listen to it. You talked to a bullfighter. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I grew up with this guy, and uh, we, we we were never specifically really close, but we went to public school together, and then we went to high school together, and in high school we kind of broke apart a little bit. I always you know seen him in the hallways, never thought much of it. Um, his dad was my shop teacher. Um, his dad yeah. actually, um, Len Rance, is a big part of the reason why I do what I do for a living. And uh, unbeknownst to me, this whole time, he was uh, a bullfighter or bull rider. He was a bull rider. And then he became a professional bull rider. He went to, like, to the Calgary Stampede. He fought all over Texas, Madison Square Garden, Alaska. He fought some of the biggest rodeos or rode bulls in the, some of the biggest rodeos in North America. And then he transitioned to bullfighting, which is the position while you're in the ring while the person is on the bull. And then when they fall off, you kind of coax the bull out of the way to keep the bull rider safe. Yeah. So we call that rodeo clowning. So apparently, apparently that's a bit of a dirty term. Allegedly. I, 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 I learn something new every week, man. I will change my tone. So that's what I said in the, in, in the episode. I said, so that's a rodeo clown. Apparently that's a dirty term, but that's exactly what it is. You're thinking of, you're thinking of the right person. So that's what he does. But at a professional level, a very high end level, he tours North America relentlessly. And he also has a huge farm just half an hour up the road from me where he, where, where, where he's got, you know, a hundred, 500 had a cattle and like 750 acres of corn and a couple cash crops and a wife and two kids. And this guy I went to high school with, and the whole time I had no idea. I had no fucking clue. This is what he was doing. And, and he did two tours in Afghanistan for the Canadian oh, military. Wow. All unbeknownst to me. I just thought he was just doing his own thing. Unbeknownst to me, he was a bull rider at the highest level, a bullfighter at a high level, a full-time farmer, and he doesn't speak about it a lot. But yeah, he was. Nice. He lived two different lives, man. That's that's crazy. And now, I will say, I will say the um, with so the, I know that there has been a growing movement to make men men again. And there's been a lot of things that have been suggested, but I don't think I've ever heard one of those those like real hardcore red pill guys suggested going to bullfighting. Uh, so especially that, the dude. ones, the ones that like you ever seen the ones where they have like the poker table set up, and they're just playing a game of five card stud while the bull is just raging at them. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. <laughs> that's. that's... Dude. Those people don't they don't get paid enough money for that. I, 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 I feel like it's the that. next logical step for somebody in the roller derby or someone who plays dodgeball professionally. So are you so suggesting that they're playing cards while these bulls are ro- rolling around? Yeah, they, yeah that's, that's what thing. they do. 
Yeah, they do that down here. God, I'm obviously, missing out this, on, this, I'm, I'm missing out on so much living up here. Am I? I must. That be. is a much lower level than what your friend is at. These are like I, I would assume the danger level is probably a little bit higher, but that's like it's it's probably the most dangerous game of musical chairs you can play. They'll they'll so. usually they'll rope those together like the rodeos like that with demolition derbies where everybody just gets their cars together and crash into each other and. uh then they'll usually like have a rocket car tractor pull or something like that. They they take a car and build it into like put a rocket engine in it and just see how fast they can drive it. Yeah, we got some weird stuff down here in the south. Well, I'll tell you, demolition derbies are big up here in the summertime. You that, got them, uh, gotcha. Oh yeah, big time and uh, truck pulls. You know, you know who's got the most ho- most horsepower pulled. Oh yeah, out, that that's huge. That that's big around here. Big around here too. And then we deep fry everything. Everything you could imagine gets deep fried. I love it. <laughs> yeah the uh, the fairs the fairs the fairs can give you a cardiac arrest. That's uh yeah I'm pretty sure you you have to sign a waiver. You should have to sign a waiver anyway to go to a fair down here anyway. Like we had uh, <laughs> there was deep fried pizza. I believe last time I went to the fair. Well, it's and called the Panzerati. Yeah, Panzerati. Oh well, that's uh, that's what I would call it. A medium. That's pizza. a great name. Um, well, yeah, it well, is. yeah, that that's what we call them here. Uh, medium pizza, folded in half, crimped around the edges, and deep fried. Panzerati. I'm pretty sure you're from the North Carolina of Canada, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call that's... it Ontario, and that's where I am. I know uh, at least once a year I start getting a craving for a funnel cake. And I don't know if you guys ever try to make a funnel cake on your own. It is there's no there's no replicating that. That's one thing you get at the fair only. Yeah, it only yeah. comes from a trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kids got to. Yeah, I saw I saw the packages to buy those recently and uh I'm glad I decided not to do that because that, that looked like a real, that was a real impulse shopping thing. I'm like, I'm impulse shopping. Don't do that. And I put it back and I moved on with my life. And now I'm, I'm glad to know that mystery has been solved. Put it to bed for me. I had a friend that had a cotton candy maker. We used it one time and we never bought the refills for it. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. I would just eat the sugar probably, you know, like just do straight up, just of, eat it. It probably wasn't yeah. worth of blue cotton candy. Probably wasn't worth cleaning up the mess, was it, John? No, like when, no. When, when, once you made the mess, yeah, like, really, just throw it in the garbage. It's good exactly once. <laughs> yeah, it's good exactly once. The best thing about two dollar cotton candy is you don't have to pay to clean it up. <laughs> That's probably exactly. the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's two dollar uh, cotton candy. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Ty, you want to, You got any more pluggables? You want to, You want to drop real quick? Um, nothing more than just uh, check out the tie that binds podcast on all the check uh, it out all, all the majors, uh, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google. I don't know if Google's still doing podcasts or not. It's um, it'll be gone pretty soon. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do uh, video or anything. It's all just audio. But uh, yeah, check out the tie that binds podcast. Um. I got some cool, cool past guests, and I'm lining up some real cool ones. I got a uh, an episode tomorrow. I'm really excited about a guy coming in. You know, you know what's interesting? 
um, before you guys let me loose. What something as, as I'm doing more of these uh, remote uh, with uh, mostly well mostly Americans. Um, uh, people people find it hilarious that that I invite people to my home and people just show up. <laughs> they they do. I I was on the Drink O'Clock podcast last week and uh, buddies from Philadelphia and I told them I'm like yeah I just I like that guy Buzz Collins the uh, radio host. I just got a hold of him online and I was like, dude, you want to come to my house and shoot the shit? He's like, fuck yeah, I'll be there next Saturday. Just showed up. Oh, that's awesome. Like, that I don't like, like, I don't know him from Adam. You know, I don't know him from anybody. He just showed up, took my What's word. The cultural difference between uh, you guys up north. I suppose so, John. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, a, you know, a couple, a couple people have been friends like Zach Smitty and my buddy Claude, but, uh, there's been another guy, Sean Scally, uh, filmmaker locally. He just showed up, didn't know me. I got a, a local politician and a brewer coming tomorrow. He doesn't necessarily know me. He's just going to come over. No big deal. Right. And 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 all these people I tell, they just find it hilarious that just people just show up to my house. <laughs> so there's 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 obviously there's different people right so there's there's extroverts there's introverts right so i know uh, most the for the most part we're a little bit more standoffish in here here in the states but i know that i have gone out of my way to try to meet people i've forced myself to go talk to people because I, I, I deal with insane anxiety with that shit so i like I have to make myself do it yeah and uh that's one of the things i usually hear is like when people like well, hey we should get the kids together let's go on this date a lot of people aren't that forward, you know. And so eh, I can definitely see that being a, being being enigmatic. Is that the word? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like a good. Big word sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right. I mean, boys. we're well, we're all three right. friends, and it's the hardest thing in the world to try to just get us all three in the same room together. Sometimes. Well, yeah. I was I was actually telling him it was like five years where we didn't actually see each other. Right. But, I mean, it's just such a long time. I lived, I lived three hours away and then John lived four hours away, but John was only an hour away from me. And then Dan was an hour that way. It's just, it's a whole thing. So, but anyways, y'all, thank you. Thanks for the show. Thank you so 